they start an investigation and their lawyers are the ones that said, oh yeah, well that could potentially cause problems so we don't want you to be praying with the team anymore. Joe Kennedy was a high school football coach who always prayed at midfield after games. He was told to stop, but Joe said that wasn't an option. I just said, God, I I don't know where this is going to go. I have no idea what to do, but you're in the driver's seat, so I'm just going to be obedient, and I'm going to keep giving you praise until it was over. When did it become breaking a rule To say your name out loud in school When your name's the only one that sets us free Coach Joe Kennedy made national headlines a few years ago after he lost his coaching job for praying on the field. And Joe is our guest on this episode of GPS, God, People, Stories. It's an outreach of the Billy Graham Evangelistic Association. I'm Phil Fleischman. My co-host, Jim Kirkland, is out this week. After Joe Kennedy tells us more about losing his job and about his faith in Jesus Christ, Billy Graham will share a word about a man in the Bible who didn't back down from his beliefs. What does it take to be a Christian revolutionary? Well, Daniel is a good illustration. He had made a decision to serve God the rest of his life, and nothing was going to move him. Nothing was going to change him. You can learn more about serving God by going to findpeacewithgod.net. That's findpeacewithgod.net. And you can reach out to us through email, too. Just write to gps at billygram.org. Edwin emailed us last week to say that the stories he hears on GPS are encouraging to him. Appreciate that, Edwin. Again, the email address is gps at billygram.org. GPS. God. People. Stories. Joe Kennedy is from Bremerton, Washington, just outside of Seattle. Bremerton is where Joe lives now, and it's also where he was born and raised. I grew up as a Catholic, and it wasn't really part of any of my faith. It was something we went to. You went to church on a Sunday. And growing up, I really didn't have much faith at all. One of the biggest moments of Joe's childhood was finding out that he was adopted. He did not handle the news very well. I just started uh, really rebelling against everything, every kind of authority. I was, you know, stealing. I was fighting. I was... uh, just about everything that you could possibly imagine, um, starting it into drugs and stuff like that. So I was a real bad influence on everybody around me, and I was just that bad kid that you didn't want your kids around. Things got so bad that Joe ended up in a home for troubled boys when he was 13. And that's where he started to learn about Jesus from a friend named Terry. He had that real calm spirit about him, always challenging me. And I finally came up to that wall where where do I turn from there? I had no other answers. I had no other place to go. I had, I just was at that absolute limit of everything in my life. And he said, you know, God's there. He loves you. You know, I mean, love is not something that I was really familiar with. So him just talking about this, this God that loves me and, you know, has grace. And no matter what I did in my past, it doesn't matter. And that was just, that was kind of appealing to me, you know, to, to know that there was this, you know, this presence out there. I wasn't out there on my own fighting the battles. There was also somebody in my corner. So it was right there that I was like, I'm going to just try this out. And he goes, that's all you got to do. Give God just a little bit and he could do incredible things in your life. And 
it did. Everything at, when I was at the boys' home from that moment on improved. I started getting good grades in school. I I started actually making friends. I started, you know, really just cleaning up my life. So it really started moving in, in a good direction. After he left the boys' home at 17, Joe joined the military, first the Army Reserves, then the Marines. I started out... Um, Went to a boot camp down in San Diego, California, and went to Camp Johnson, which is on the East Coast out in North Carolina. From there, I started making trips overseas. I was over in Okinawa, Japan, mainland Japan, over at Camp Fuji, uh, Camp Pendleton, Camp Lejeune, Korea, Hawaii, and a couple tours on uh, recruiting duty here in the States. Joe spent 20 years in the military, and during that time, he slowly walked away from his faith in Christ. I got a ton of stories, but the thing is, is that most of them I, I can't really talk about, not because it's classified or anything, because I was a heathen. I mean, I had no faith whatsoever. So I was out there drinking and, you know, womenizing and, and just being, you know, I was living for the world at that time. I believe that once you die, there's nothing else. So I wanted to get the most out of life while I was here. My heart just grew really hard. Yeah. I know you're thinking you're the only one. I see you hiding out because of what you've done. And all your shame got you on the run. I've been there too, and it just ain't fun. At the end of his time in the Marines, Joe moved back to Bremerton and reconnected with an old girlfriend. Eventually, they got married. Joe's wife, Denise, is a follower of Jesus, and during their first few years of marriage, Denise kept pushing Joe to take his faith seriously again. Every Sunday she would say, hey, we want to go to church. And every Sunday I was like, now nah, I'm going to stay home, I'm going to work on the car, or I'm going to watch football, I'm going to do something else. But every week she just, I mean, religiously would just ask me once, would you like to go to church? I don't know, it was months later, and my son said, uh, well, since he doesn't have to go, do I have to go? And I was like, oh, I'm being a bad influence, you know, a little bit of conviction on me. And so I said, hold on, you know, I'm going to go with you guys. God was beginning to work on softening Joe's hard heart. It surprised Joe how much the sermon and the worship affected him. And he started going to church with his family more often. You know, when the preacher's sitting there talking to you, you know, anybody wants to raise their hand or wants to come up here and do an altar call, and my wife would give me those little nudges, you know, hey, it's talking to you. And I just sat on my hands. I was like, nope, nope, nope. And it wasn't uh, for a couple months later, I knew what I was doing. It wasn't, you know, a spur of the moment. It wasn't some kind of just emotional response. I put a lot of thought, time, weighing it all out because I, I've been down that road before. And it was, if I'm in, I'm going to be all in, just like I was for the Marines, just like I am with my wife. It was, I am not going to turn my back on this. And when I made that decision, just like when I took the oath of enlistment, I was dead serious about it. And I just gave myself, I said, God, whatever you want to do with my life, it's yours. And I've trusted him ever since. I am committed.
Joe Kennedy is a new man today because of that decision to follow Jesus Christ. One of the biggest ways his life has changed came unexpectedly, through football. Funny story, I my wife bought me a Bremerton football shirt and I was out running. I was training for uh, marathons and stuff and this guy pulls up alongside and he says, uh, hey, I see you got a Bremerton shirt on. I was like, yeah. He goes, did you play football? No, I, I didn't. So he said, well, what do you do? We just started talking. And he said, hey, we're looking for coaches. I know you were in the Marines. I bet you would be great at, you know, teaching our young men, you know, how to be a team. Joe was just getting ready to start a new job, so he wasn't sure if he'd be able to coach. But after praying about it and talking it over with Denise, Joe decided to do it. He served as an assistant for the varsity football team at Bremerton High and then was eventually given the head coach position for junior varsity. In his first year at Bremerton, Joe started a tradition that he would stick to for the next eight years. At the end of every single game, he would walk out to midfield, kneel down, and pray. And uh, some of the kids started joining me somewhere along the first year. They asked, hey, coach, can we join you? And I said, this is a free country. You can do whatever you want. So that's the way it all started. And it ended up where the, our whole team and you know the opposing teams were coming out there. Well, we got um, a call from the, one of the administrators at one of the other schools, called our principal and said, hey, what your football program is doing is really awesome. So they wanted to figure out what we were really doing down there. And from there, that started an investigation. So it came from a compliment. They started an investigation, and their lawyers were the ones that said, oh, yeah, well, that could potentially cause problems, so we don't want you to be praying with the team anymore. The school district reminded Joe about a policy that prohibited school staff from encouraging or discouraging students to participate in a religious activity. Now, that meant Joe could potentially lose his job over his midfield prayers, but that didn't stop him from continuing to do it after each game. If you're telling these young men to do what's right, you know, even if it's not popular, even when things get tough, that's when you really got to buckle down and you, you have to keep doing what, you're, you know, what is right. Well, I'd be the biggest hypocrite in the world if I turned my back because it became uncomfortable just because it was going to cause me some pain. So I just kept fighting and said, God, I I don't know where this is going to go. I have no idea what to do, but you're in the driver's seat. So I'm just going to be obedient and I'm going to keep giving you praise until it was over and ended up being the last time I prayed on a football field was an away game all alone on the 50. And I, 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 I almost had that feeling like, yeah, this this is it. This is going to be the last one. But you got to do what's right. In October 2015, the school district placed Joe on administrative leave. The next year, they chose not to renew his contract, and Joe lost the job he had held for eight seasons. After that, a legal group called First Liberty Institute stepped in, and they helped Joe file a lawsuit against the school for allegedly denying him his First Amendment rights. And so it went from the district court for an injunction so I could get back on the football field, and it went to the Ninth Circuit and then up to the Supreme Court, and they denied 
the injunction. So now they kicked it back down to actually do the case itself. And that's where we're at now. So to clarify, Joe's case made it to the U.S. Supreme Court, but the justices felt there wasn't enough information gathered at the lower level courts for a proper review of the case. So it's back in district court for more fact-finding. Joe and his legal team hope that eventually the U.S. Supreme Court will take their case. In the meantime, Joe has to continue waiting to see if he'll ever be given his old job back. I still get to see my team. I get to go to the games on Friday nights. I mean, yeah, it hurts. And, you know, there's times where you're like, is this really all worth it? I mean, but it absolutely is. Why does Joe say it's all worth it? Well, first of all, Joe always saw his midfield prayers as a way to boldly live out his faith in Christ. And he believes the Constitution gives him the right to freely practice his religion. This all goes back to an answered prayer in 2008, when Joe was first considering whether or not to accept the coaching job at Bremerton. I was talking to my wife. I said, I, I, you know, I don't know what to do because this is, this is huge. This is going to be, you know, huge in my life if I, if I do this, because you pour everything into whatever you do. And it was in the middle of the night that night I was watching TV and this show comes on this movie, football movie. So I'm looking at it, and it's uh, facing the Giants. And you ask God for an answer, he gave me one right there and dropped me to my knees, and I said, I'm in. I'm going to give you the glory after every game. You know, win or lose, you're going to get the glory of that. And that's what I committed to do. As Joe's legal battle continues, he has no regrets about the way he's handled everything that's happened. I was called to serve at Bremerton, and I was called to serve the young men of my community where I grew up. And that's what I I told God I'm going to do. And yeah, it's been absolutely one of the toughest things I've ever had to do, but absolutely worth it. I'd do it all over again. Is God calling you to live boldly for him the way Coach Joe Kennedy is? Joe's relationship with Jesus Christ changed his entire life, and the same thing can happen for you, too. You can learn more about starting a relationship with Jesus at findpeacewithgod.net. Or, if you're already following Christ, you can check out the resources at the site that can help you grow in your faith. Again, the site is findpeacewithgod.net. You only get one chance at a first impression, right? Well, when Joe first met Denise, whom he would eventually marry, well, let's just say it wasn't the first impression he was hoping for. Joe will tell us that story in just a minute. You're listening to GPS, God, People, Stories, a podcast production of the Billy Graham Evangelistic Association. What does it take to be a Christian revolutionary? Well, Daniel is a good illustration. Billy Graham. He had made a decision to serve God the rest of his life, and nothing was going to move him. Nothing was going to change him. One day, one of the kings said, I'm going to have a decree that if anybody prays to any other god but me, in the next 30 days, he'll be thrown to the den of lions. Well, Daniel could have passed the 30-day test in his heart. He didn't have to tell anybody or show anybody he was praying. 
But as was his custom, he raised his window and prayed openly three times a day. And they went and told the king that Daniel, the prime minister, is breaking your decree. And the king was in tears over it because he loved Daniel, but his law had to be kept. And so Daniel was thrown to the den of lions. And when Daniel walked into those lions, they were hungry. They hadn't eaten in a while. But God was in that jail and that lion's den and closed the mouth of the lions. Do you know Christ that way? Courage to be a revolutionary? I'm asking you to dare to start a revolution for God in your own life, in your home, in your school, in your community. Dare to be different. Accept Christ into your heart. Make him Lord of your life all the way. Nothing held back. You can learn more about living for Christ in that bold way at findpeacewithgod.net. That's findpeacewithgod.net. Our guest on this episode of GPS has been Joe Kennedy. He's a high school coach who lost his job for praying on the football field. Joe is incredibly thankful for his wife, Denise, for helping him get back on track with God and for not letting the first time they met be a stumbling block in their relationship. We were nine years old and um, yeah, just little kids. And my brother said, hey, you need to come and look at this girl. And I was like, yeah, let me go check her out. And she was sitting on the front porch playing in the dirt. And when she looked up at me, I was just instantly in love. I mean, I was like, that's my soulmate. And she was looking at me, she was like, can I help you? And I was like, yeah, I wanna marry you. And she was like, you're creepy, I'm going in the house. So that's how it started. And I pursued her for 40 years now. Our thanks to Joe Kennedy for joining us on this episode of GPS. We're glad he shared his story with us, and we hope you'll join us in praying for Joe's court case and for Joe to someday get his coaching job back. The music you heard on this episode was from Newsboys, so thank you to them. And of course, thank you to you for listening. I'm Phil Fleischman. Hey, don't forget to shoot us an email. The address is gps at billygram.org. GPS, God people stories. It's an outreach of the Billy Graham Evangelistic Association. Always good news. Good news.